Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line is back on the air. I am Steve Summers, talking green, the first green of spring, although, Danny, you say green much better than I do. My accent is not even close. <laughs> I have Danny McDade here from the Irish Marching Society. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Ah, this is a fine morning, and I tell you, I love the weather. I walked outside, I said, what? What happened? 37 feels like it's 50. I know, it's great. So, Well, COVID has put the kibosh on a lot of plans. Uh, Irish Marching Society, of course, last year got the brunt of it because it was right around that time. So uh, now we're moving into yeah. a brand new year. What are you doing because of COVID for the uh, St. Paddy's Day celebrations this year? All right, uh, Steve. So we didn't want to get uh, skunked again because we wouldn't be able to have a marching parade or the... Um, the patty fest and we, you know, we're not going to be able to have the patty fest in march I'm saying it's done because we're not giving up on this because we may have a halfway but uh what we're having um on the 13th of march which would normally be the day it's it, we do the the weekend before uh always you know that saturday before the actual day itself for our parade it's always been that traditionally it's the saturday prior because you can't close the roads down on, you know, obviously during a business day. But um, so we're going to do a, a driving parade, you know, just like, you know, when you see the birthday parties and all that kind of stuff. And sure. the, the uh, Screw City Jeep Club, who um, are, are uh, doing a, a partnership with us on this, they're going to provide a whole bunch of Jeeps and they're going to dress them all up. They're, and everybody's going to be decked out into, into wearing of the green, as we say. But uh, it's going to be a grand time. Um it's the same exact time as it would be for any other parade that we have. It's the lineup is at two, and the parade kicks off at three, uh, and it's going to be in the old Magna parking lot there, where the Magna next to Don Carter Lane. So, uh, get it there by two ish, you know, to start start arriving. We'll align everyone into their columns and you know their divisions or whatever, and uh, give them the you know make sure they know where they're going we have maps and the maps are going to be on the website too it's going to be on irishmarchingsociety.com uh, and we and also you have to register do just want a simple thing like what you're driving you know and the license plate that's about it you know just the name of your clan uh and it's open for if you want to you know for the, our patrons it's you know it's free but we're asking a ten dollar donation because we got <laughs> we got to keep the society going somehow usually we make our money at the at the gate uh, for patty fest that's how we you know fund this whole thing we usually um, put out a program and things like that so this year we're going to have to you know raise money some other way but uh, we're asking just for a ten dollar donation for all the entrants um, and if you're a commercial vehicle or a politician and you want to advertise you know we say fine come on that's a fifty dollar um, uh, fee that we're, we're doing for the parade now the rules are simple. You just drive like you would normally drive. There's no traffic control or anything. There might be something to help you get out of the parking lot. We're going to reach out to Sheriff Caruana for that. Uh, I think we'll have something may, maybe to help because that light is very slow. You know, to, to <laughs> one out there, it goes like for five seconds every five minutes. You know, so we we, we can't can't get you know shoving as many cars out as we can. You know, this way and that way. So. Um, but would but would just stay to the route and you know just follow the person in in front of you if you can if you're if 
all of a sudden, you know, it's a big, big break in the division, and you've got to, then you're the lead. You know, that's how it works. It's, and then you just drive the route and uh, make sure your decorations are fastened on so that they're not going to come off at like 35 miles an hour. But it's, you know, driving around the city, and we got a couple of routes. We're going to, you know, uh, maybe maybe we'll add some more routes. It still hasn't been firmed up yet how many routes we'll have and how many divisions. But as the people start pouring in, they want to start, you know, doing that uh, in the parking lot there. We'll figure it all out. That's our first year. Maybe our only year doing it, but uh, (laughs) I hope. um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, this this would be our celebration. Uh, We're keen to keep the thing alive and uh, because the Irish are not going to be skunked two years in a row. We're going to have a a parade (laughs) come uh, whatever the weather Right. Let, it, let, it, let it be what it is, but uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. That's yeah. on March 13th, so 35 miles an hour. It's not a walking parade, per se. You really have to be in a vehicle, because I can't walk that but, fast. But if you're a real fast sprinter, you might be able to catch, <laughs> you know, ha- hang in there for a, a block or so, you know, but uh, yeah. IrishMarchingSociety.com uh, for details about the big parade coming up on March 13th, IrishMarchingSociety.com. And then yes. you mentioned something about a halfway mark to Irish St. Patty's Day. What's well, that all about? Oh, well, that is a this is in the works now, and okay. uh, we are are you know not to we are going to have a celebration, a real you know get together and uh, get the families and everybody, the grannies and all us you know the kids, the you know walkers, the strollers, and um, we're going to do that. We're looking at a halfway party around the memorial, uh, you know, I mean the um, Labor Day weekend. You know, we we're looking at September sometime. That's one of those Saturdays, and we're going to take. Uh, I don't know how big it's going to be. You know, if we're going to try to you know do a city block kind of thing. You know, take the pavilion downtown and all the way to the river, and then dye the gri- the river green. Do you know um, Operation Emerald Water is going to be back in the play? I think for that. You know, so we can get, make a big show of the you know putting the, the Rock River green in, in a big swath. And, uh, you know, thanks to uh, our friends, that, um, we have a, a secret guy who made this all happen for us. And uh, I can't, you know, because he's... Uh, all right, but that oh. may be coming up around Labor Day. Did, what, if you said show and I heard a guitar, is are you going to play a guitar or something? Well, I could do, I could do, <laughs> you know, one one song for you there. Um, you know, the, the song that everyone knows is Whiskey in the Jar, so we could... As I was going over the far famed Kerry Mountains, I met with Captain Farrell and his money he was counting. First produced my pistol, then produced my regular set. Stand and deliver for I am to pull the saber musher. And I do what I do. Work for the daddy old, for the daddy old, there's whiskey in the jar. There oh, go. my gosh. That was awesome. That's just, I think you're the first person ever to play an instrument on This Week in the State Line. So, Danny, you have set the bar so high again for the people yeah. coming up. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Love it. All right. So, yeah. the Irish Marching Society Parade is on for Saturday, March 13th. Line up at 2 p.m. in the afternoon right next to Don Carter Lane's, the old Magna parking lot. Again, details irishmarchingsociety.com. Danny, I think I enjoyed this more than you did. I think I needed just the... Uh, the, the fact that it's the first green of spring coming in Aye. and your energy is infectious. Hi, hi. Well, 
watch for the watch for the cars on that 13th and then you know there's going to be little celebrations all over town i think you know as the you know the, the rules allow i know myself i'm going to be playing um th- i got three gigs uh you know we could be playing at uh, prairie street uh on saturday uh uh, Sunday, I'm going to play at Skybox, and then um, Wednesday, I'm playing at the Hope and Anchor. We call it the Wanker. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to be playing there. And uh, so look, you know, you can look at me, and you know, Danny's gone rogue. My um, website uh, thing on the Facebook there. Sure, so absolutely. All right, so IrishMarchingSociety.com. IrishMarchingSociety. Go. All go. Right. Thank you Have so it. much, Danny. Back with right. more fun on this week in the State Line in a moment. I've got muscular dish. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. Please visit HelpMDA.org. This weekend, the State Line rolls on. I am Steve Summers. This time we're talking with Habitat for Humanity, our executive director for the Rockford branch. Carrie Acevedo is here. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great, Steve. How are you? I am doing great. You're healthy. You're well. And how is Habitat for Humanity handling this pandemic? We are handling the pandemic healthy and well. (laughs) So it has been, uh, it was an interesting year for us. Last summer, we cut our production by about 50%, but we are um, looking forward to 2021 with much anticipation. Um, we're going to assist all the families last year that we weren't able to assist, and we're going to add some more families to the mix. And oh. so uh, our goal in 2021 is to be um, back up to pre-pandemic production plus one. So we're going to try to grow. Aggressive. I like that. Very aggressive and positive thinking that we've got this licked and we're moving forward. Yeah. There are so many families that need our help. Uh, And what we recognized was that uh, there are ways to still continue to help them and to support um, their this opportunity for them to have, you know, affordable home ownership. And so we're going to go for it. Now, this past year, there's been one for the record book. So many different things happening. Of course, the pandemic, social injustice, people staying at home, losing jobs and such. How did you fare financially? And is the restore still open? Because a lot of people have driven by there, but they may not think it's open. Yeah. So I'll talk about um, both the affiliate and um, how our homeowners fared. So the affiliate fared really well this year. The restore was closed down for a little over three months. Um, as part of the shelter in place, of course, that happened March through June. Um, and then we, of course, uh, had to close down for two weeks uh, after we got COVID. So um, we were closed for a little over three months over the course of the year. Um, but when we were open, we were raising as much money as we had previously. Um, so some of our months in 2020, we had more income than we had in 2019. Um, And so we were able to do that safely. We have a huge store, 35,000 square feet. So socially distancing is easy in a store like that. Um, Our staff and volunteers did an incredible job ensuring that the store was clean and that everyone was wearing masks and everyone was safe. Um, And so we were really able to um, kind of bounce back quickly after the shelter in place. So oh, sorry, I just have to interrupt you because Restore has so many great deals in that store and the home products. And I know people have been staying home and they've you know been remodeling and you know fixing things up. Don't forget yeah. the Restore on Harrison right across from the mall. Yeah, don't forget us, especially if you want to put new flooring in. We've got hundreds and hundreds of pallets of brand new flooring that we got from the Lowe's Distribution Center. If you want to remodel your kitchen, we have kitchen cabinets. If you want to put new doors and windows in, we have doors and windows. If you want some cool new 
new furniture, a new kitchen table. All of those things are things that you can purchase at the ReStore. I think one of the reasons we were successful was because so many people were at home and they were doing DIY projects and they were, you know, taking on new um, hobbies and activities. And so I think the ReStore ended up being a place where a lot of people came um, to purchase their materials so that they could you know, they could remodel their home or they could work on a, you know, home improvement project or a DIY project. So, so you don't forget money. the restore. You took the money and you banked it just like uh, the weakest link bank. And you just did. you load all that money up for the more projects that you are facing in 2021. In addition to the restore doing so well and our customers, you know, being so loyal to our to our store, our donors stepped up to the plate. We received our single largest donation last year in the history of Habitat for a quarter of a million dollars from the Rockford Housing Development Corporation. Um, and so we had um, we had an exceptional year as it relates to fundraising. When we needed it the most, when we didn't think that we could, you know, bring some houses out of the ground, we called our, our donors and asked them for help and they stepped up to the plate. And so we are unbelievably grateful for the support of the community They've put us in a position where this year we're going to be able to build more houses than we've ever been able to do before. We are talking to Habitat for Humanity, the Rockford branch, with Executive Director Carrie Acevedo. Uh, your branch reaches out even into DeKalb County, too? Yeah, so our so our affiliate only covers the Rockford area. Right. So the DeKalb County affiliate is a separate affiliate, but they have a, a fully functioning affiliate out there and um, are building... Um, built a house in 2020 and are planning to build another house in 2021. So there are, you know, each of our affiliates have kind of a service area and we service all of, um, we service the Rockford area, which includes Cherry Valley, Machesney Park and Loves Park. Do you swap out like volunteers when you need them or, Hey, I need a two by four. Do you send one down yeah. to the Cal? We do. <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to like, you know, vendors, um, subcontractors, you know, we, the Boone County affiliate and the Rockford affiliate share a lot of resources and we call each other all the time. Uh, Vanessa, the Olga County affiliate will contact us and say, you know, we're doing this new house. Can, you know, can we come get some, you know, flooring from the restore? And we're like, sure, come get whatever you need. So yeah, we're, a, we're one big happy family. So, and we are, always, you know, willing and able to to share the resources that we have with each well, other. I can imagine your waiting list has a bunch of families waiting on it uh, for the homes that are built by volunteers. Social injustice was huge this past year. Uh, how did you handle that at Habitat for Humanity and how are you handling it? Thanks for asking that question. We, as, a, as an organization internationally, we are, you know, we were formed on this idea of everybody deserves a safe, affordable place to live. Um, and so our affiliate locally created a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee that consists of staff members, board members, and volunteers. And that committee is really focusing on um, board recruitment, ensuring that the, the table that um, makes decisions represents the people in our community and the people that we serve. Uh, and so we're being very intentional about recruiting volunteers to be a part of our organization at the most strategic level of our board. We're also doing trainings for our staff and our board members. We are uh, we received a grant from Healing Illinois um, through the Department of Human Services, and so we're able to do some some training. But the thing that we took on that is community wide is this educational series. And so we started uh, in the summer reading. Uh, the Color of Law by Richard Rothstein, which is really just a historical viewpoint of housing discrimination and what role the government played in housing discrimination and how that has impacted, you know, housing today. 
And so we started with the housing lens um, and we've read several books. So we've read How to Be an Anti-Racist by um, Kendi and we've watched some TED Talks and watched a couple of um, documentaries. We've read several articles. Um, and so we're doing this educational um, series with the community. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can contact our office or go to our website. We invite everybody that wants to be a part of that conversation to join us. We're doing it every other month. Um, and so this next month, uh, at the end of March, we're going to be um, watching the documentary, I Am Not Your Negro, and having a discussion about that. In addition to that, we are, our diversity, equity, and inclusion committee is just looking internally at our policies. Housing discrimination is um, everywhere. Will, will um, and more, so, Will there be more diversification as far as awarding the homes that are being built, too? Yeah. So I think, yes, I think the answer, simple answer to that question is yes, we're going to take a magnifying glass at our policies and we're going to look at our processes and procedures and we're going to look to see if we're being equitable. Are we being fair? Uh, and if we're not, we're going to change it and we're going to we're going to be brave enough to say maybe we haven't been doing this the right way and maybe there's a better way for us to do it. Um, and so we've taken some really bold steps so far. We've had intense conversations about how we select our home buyers and how we um, require them to do sweat equity, um, all of those kinds of conversations we're going to have. We, we have to be equitable. We have to ensure that we are being fair in how we're providing housing and how we're selecting families. And so we're going to take a really close internal look at who we are and how we do what we do. And then we're going to fix it if it needs to be fixed. Sure. We are talking with the executive director of Habitat for Humanity, the Rockford branch, Carrie Acevedo. So when is the first build? Because obviously we're all excited. We've got hammers and drills and we're ready to get yeah. to work for you. We're ready. We're so ready. Uh, we're going to start in April. So last year we put a couple of foundations in in preparation for this spring. And so um, we're going to start taking volunteers in April to start framing out a couple of the houses that already have foundations in. And then we're going to run all year. So we'll take volunteers um, up through uh, likely Thanksgiving. So when do how do we sign up? Because a lot of uh, retired men, a lot of guys, gals, yeah. people who want to just do yeah. something positive for the community, want to help. How do I sign up? Yeah. So you can go to rockfordhabitat.org. Um, and you can click on volunteer um, and we will provide you information about all of the different volunteer opportunities, whether it's at the restore or at the construction site. You can sign up as an individual to volunteer, come out as often as you would like. Uh, or if you're interested in doing a team building activity with your um, with your organization, your church, your company, your business, uh, your neighborhood, your groups of friends. If you want to celebrate your 40th birthday by swinging a hammer, uh, come join us. We have lots of opportunities for groups to come out and help. And of course, we have a um, million opportunities for individuals to come out. So yeah, do it by yourself. You want to swing a hammer? Do it by yourself because I've done that. I've swung a hammer. I went and signed up by myself, and it was such an incredible, rewarding experience. So, Habitat, what? RockfordHabitat.org. RockfordHabitat.org. All right, and you can sign up and volunteer. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time, Carrie, the executive director of the Rockford Habitat for Humanity branch, Carrie Acevedo. Thank you so much, Steve. It was great to be here with you today. I appreciate that. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara is next on This Week in the State Line. Over 60 and retired? Making ends meet, especially at the supermarket, is tough. BenefitsCheckup.org is a free website that helps you pay for food, medicine, even utilities. Visit BenefitsCheckup.org. This week in the State Line rolls on. My name is Steve Summers. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara is here, and you may have seen him around quite a bit. Very, very busy this past week. A lot of great things happening for the city of Rockford. Hey, 
Steve. Great to be on with you. And yes, we've had a really wonderful 10 days here in the city of Rockford. For example, the Division One women's basketball tournament that was announced that's coming into the uh, UW House Sports Factory. I saw you there. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is just a, a wonderful job by the RACVB led by John Grill. It was a great partnership with the Park District led by J.C. and Dean. You look at the two venues that uh, the WNIT will be utilizing is the Embassy Suites Hotel, which recently opened an $80 million hotel, and you look at the UW Sports Factory, which uh, the city of Rockford partnered with a host of organizations to develop just a few short years ago and to now have a national tournament like this. It's great for uh, our community. It's good for our residents. It's great for our economy. But one thing that I think that gets missed a lot is this is really wonderful for our youth. Our youth now will be able to, in their own backyard, see nationally top-tier talent and have something to aspire to. And I don't want to underestimate what that can do for some of our young people in our community. And not to mention the name of Rockford will be in the same breath as Fort Worth, Texas, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Memphis, Tennessee. So that's a good thing for us, too. As it should be, yep. So that's all good news. Um, Looking forward to that. That's coming up here in a couple of weeks in March, right? The middle of March. It is. Yep, it's coming up in the middle of March. Also, some good news announced this past week that uh, Rockford named best city for new home buyers. That's just a, a credit to you and your tenacity to help keep the tax levy flat and for the infrastructure and the blight that we've talked about here on the show many times. You know, it's really wonderful. And I, I try not to put tons of credence into these rankings if they're good or bad, because you really have to look at uh, the metrics that they utilize. But this one, it's really great. I mean, as you mentioned, we're reducing blight dramatically. That increases property values. Uh, We are keeping the property tax levy flat, and actually we've reduced it twice in the last four years. Still have much more work to do on that end, uh, but we're creating incentives uh, to stay in our community or come to our community with things like Rockford Promise. You see the Park District investing in neighborhoods. Uh, you see us transitioning all of the streetlights in our neighborhoods from that old kind of nasty-looking sodium-based lights to now the new, brighter, uh, more efficient LED lights. Uh, you see us investing an additional million dollars in the neighborhood infrastructure. we got a long way to go, but we are certainly making progress, and it's always good to see stories like this to kind of re-energize you and tell you that you're at least on the right track. And the fact that it's getting noticed, you know, you're not just doing it for naught. Absolutely. Which is great. Uh, the six-story development that uh, was announced that's coming to downtown Rockford, can you give us a little insight into this? Um, I know some of the money's coming from the state, but I- I'm just kind of lost on where it's going to actually be built. Yeah, absolutely. So this is Bush Construction. It is uh, a over $20 million development going in on the banks of the Rock River, right adjacent, uh, right next door to the where the new library will be. Uh, placed. Uh, so the new library will be placed right where the old library was downtown. And if you were walking into it off North Main Street, it would be the building right to the left. So there's an empty space there now, and then there's an uh, older building there that's been pretty dilapidated for several years. So we'll be taking that building down, building about a 20 to $25 million development that's six stories and about 80 units. It's uh, Bush Construction. They're out of Iowa. It's exciting for a host of reasons. You know, new construction in our downtown uh, is really needed uh, and really exciting to see. I would say another thing that's exciting to see is we've been really fortunate that we have a great company in Urban Equities that's investing heavily in downtown. 
but it's always good to see folks from outside of our community saying that's a community I want to invest in. That's a community I want to invest nearly $25 million in. That's really great news. And did I see somewhere that the plans call for a riverfront restaurant? How cool of an idea is that? Yeah, it's awesome, right? I think one thing that we've all realized and we've known for years, right, is we have this amazing asset that runs through the heart of our community, and we still underutilize it. So I think over the last decade, you've seen us start to use it more and more. And I think you'll see more of that, especially as we work to redevelop Davis Park, potentially putting boat docks there, really making it more engaging, more friendly, uh, and more accessible. And you don't realize how big the Rock River is until you go on top of the Embassy Suites Hotel and you have a cocktail and you look at that river and it's like, that is massive. It is massive and it's gorgeous. I would say you can look at on the top of the Embassy Suites Hotel and see how big it is, or you can just see two guys uh, floating down the river on a night. That had to be just one of those moments where you just put your head down and shake it going, not on national news, please. Oh my God, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, uh, hey, to each their own, happy that they're safe, uh, a little irritated that they utilize so much of our city resources, but heck, they're safe, everyone's alive and well. And I think uh, most of us got a good laugh out of them. And the good news is the Rockford Rescue Fire Department water rescue, four minutes flat, they had them on land already. That's crazy good. It is crazy. We really have one of the best fire departments in the country, definitely the best in the state. And the last thing I want to bring up is the uh, vaccination site, uh, that old Kmart building on Sandy Hollow Road. It's still cranking out the vaccines. It is. If you don't mind, Steve, I'm going to take this a bit of a different direction. So a couple of things, uh, and I think these are really important. The vaccine site is cranking out, and we can crank out a lot more vaccines if we have the supply. I want everyone to know that uh, in Dr. Martell, we have a public health official who's really focusing on getting everyone healthy And right now, she's really focusing on getting vaccines in people's arms, and that's exactly what she should be doing. She has not missed a single uh, allotment, a single order, however you want to define it. Uh, These are problems that go way above the city of Rockford. Uh, And I can tell you that we've received, uh, there was about 9,300 doses that we uh, were shorted. uh, And about a day and a half later, through a lot of work between Dr. Martell uh, reaching out to IDPH, me reaching out to the governor's office, we were able to get those. So now all those folks who had uh, the canceled appointment for their second shot, those 60, uh, about 63 to 6,700 uh, folks, they all now have, uh, all the health systems have their vaccines. They'll be calling them over the next 24 to 48 hours to get those appointments uh, uh, rescheduled and just to put people's mind at ease because they, obviously you're like, oh, hey, I've been told that I have to get this in three weeks or I have to get this in four. You actually have up to six weeks. They provide that little buffer time to make sure that we can get this done and it'll all get taken care of. But uh, the other exciting thing is, is we're getting about 6,100 doses of Johnson & Johnson. This is great news for our city as well. You think about that 6,100 doses, that's 6,100 people who will be vaccinated now. Uh, if that was like Moderna or Pfizer, we know it takes two shots. So that would have been only 3,050 people. So this is great news. It'll dramatically jump up the number of people vaccinated in our community. I'd still urge every single person, go to WCHD.org uh, and register. WCHD.org, register for the vaccine. I understand that people are... Uh, very naturally impatient, eager uh, to get this. I can tell you as soon as we get vaccine, 
uh, we are getting it out. We're not stockpiling it in someone's basement. We are ready to roll and get this into your arms, and we're doing everything we can to uh, obtain more vaccine as a community. And no matter what the positivity rate is, we need to get the vaccines out. You have to, uh, because especially right now, I mean, I think we, I wouldn't say are losing focus, uh, but I think one thing that we aren't paying close enough attention to is all these other strains that are coming out there. This uh, virus has mutated into different strains. Some In some locations, they believe it's even more deadly. We have to get the vaccine. And so, we have to get this vaccine into folks' arms. And uh, indeed get vaccinated as soon as possible. Uh, anything else that we haven't covered? There seems like we've talked about so much, except potholes. I'm not going to bring those up because they're starting to pop well, up. But anything else you'd like to bring up? Uh, we need to bring them up. It's important. So after every nasty winter, and we certainly had a nasty winter, uh, we see a lot of potholes. Uh, please, we need your help. We are ready. We have folks out in trucks uh, every day filling potholes. Please make us aware. Don't assume, hey, this is such a big one, they must know. Please make us aware. You can go online to the City of Rockford's website, and you can literally, if you want, you can create an account. You can submit the pothole request, and you can monitor our team's progress to fill that. We have goals to get these filled, but about 48 to 72 hours of them being submitted So let's test it. Let's test our team. Get those submitted. Uh, A couple of other items that are going on. Obviously, a lot of people saw the request for proposal going out about uh, the Ice Hawks. Mm -hmm. We are in really good discussions with the Blackhawks. We hope uh, that they will be submitting a very promising proposal uh, that we can really dive into our partnership with the Blackhawks and expand that partnership, bring the Blackhawks to their entire, their foundation, their leadership team to our community, uh, and really, uh, really put their arms around our city. And, uh, you know, they can attract uh, new fans. Uh, we can help get more people interested in the game of hockey. We can keep the Blackhawks and hockey at BMO for a lot longer period. We're also applying for a competitive grant to get us about $13 million dollars in state funding so that we can invest in BMO. I mean, let's be honest. If you've been in BMO, it looks like uh, my dad built it in 1980 because he did, and we haven't done a lot of renovations since. I think we've only done one major renovation since, and that was in 2007. So that's 13 years ago. That place needs a lot of love to bring you up to today's standards. Uh, So we're excited about that as well. And I would say one other thing that we can talk more about next week is we are bringing forward a development agreement to our uh, committees, our planning and development committee, to bring iFiber to every street and every residence and every business in our community. And we're bringing that forward on Monday, and that's about a quarter of a billion-dollar investment in our community. We're really excited about it. That is not a small undertaking. Mm, So good luck on that. My last question is, will you be a part of the discussions with the Blackhawks for the ISOGs? Oh, yeah. I've been... been very active and engaged, uh, part okay. of the small team working on that. We have a great team, uh, John Phelps, Todd Cagnoni, uh, Craig Thomas as the chair of RAVE, who's done an amazing job. Gordon Kay, who uh, is used as a consultant, and myself are really the ones part of those discussions. So I've been talking directly to the Works family, talking directly to the governor, and we, uh, we're on a good path. Uh, I am cautiously highly optimistic. 
Sounds great. I always learn something when we talk together, Tom. So thank you so much for your time again today on This Week in the State Line. Thanks for all that you do. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. Or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.